0: Let's do a thought experiment, not rather a daydreaming experiment. Consider, really consider, even allow your mind to bring forth criticisms and doubts, and while you consider how it would be would how it would actually be if everyone actually cherished one another if every person on the planet whenever they saw another being whenever they saw another person that person would have in his heart or her heart thoughts of love and compassion Thoughts of concern about the other person's welfare, concern about the other person's happiness, and you can even allow the doubtful thoughts to come up—the thoughts that would think it would be absurd, the thoughts that would, the thoughts that think it would be great. Just allow your mind to consider it for. Few moments what would the world be like if that was the actual case you can let your mind go to the la vida say its parts, say its, uh, its few words. considering how it would be like if everyone treated each other with compassion and love if everyone treated you with compassion and love now have you also considered you treating everyone with compassion and love what would your world be like if you're in your consideration you ended up with a positive outlook then you can aspire to it. If you in your consideration you say oh things will not be too good and you have to consider why how you do how do you define love and compassion? Sometimes people define love and compassion as giving up, allowing someone to do whatever they want. Is that what true love is about? A mother's love for her child, does she allow the child to do whatever she wants? Once you have this vision in your mind, and it is a positive vision, and you aspire for that vision to come become a reality. Never don't consider that it's impossible, don't consider that it would take another earth for it to for it to happen. Don't consider that, just consider the vision, the positive positive it would be and aspire to that vision. master all that you can within you, all the powers within you, and om, make a wish to all those abilities within you, for that vision to come become a reality. all the individuals who have perfected love and compassion. Think of the means, the practices, the teachings that could actually lead to such a vision. of all of us who hold this vision as an aspiration. Those who are actually trying to make it a reality and place your reliance on them. Personally rely, depend on these three and connect with these three. world and imagine that which made it could make it possible that will make it possible and be grateful to that method. Be grateful to that to those means that can actually make it possible. for whatever reason you came to this event, to this class, to this lecture, to this talk. Re-examine it, re-evaluate it. And as much as you can, to the best of your abilities, make it at least more than just for the individual. Try to make it communal, global, and if universal is not too much, too far, too much beyond your means, then try to make it universal. With as much meaning as it can be for the one person, for the individual make it universal make it make it have that much meaning that much worth on Friday nights, we've been uh, covering one of the aspects of bodhicitta, which is the ultimate form of bodhicitta. And today we are, today and the next, next Tuesday, right? We're going to try to cover what is called the conventional aspect of bodhicitta. And I hope I got the right teaching. You said seven points my training, right? Okay. Uh, All right. (laughs) Seven Point Mind Training was uh, was like a summary of what was, at the time, in Tibet, a secret form of learning how to develop the ultimate bodhicitta and conventional bodhicitta. Uh, It was taught, that is, it was taught by, from from a teacher to a, a very selected group of students. Because of the radical view that the, the mind training uh, uh, dealt with, so it wasn't taught in public to anyone who didn't, wasn't given uh, some some sort of a preliminary before they were taught this. And you can even uh, uh, Master Chekawa, uh, who wrote the, wrote down the seven points, accidentally heard a Teaching from that, from that, some sort of like from that lineage. Uh, it was a line that he uh, read about from the Eight Points Mind Training, where it says, "Give up the victory and take on the the defeat." And he thought it was. He, he didn't know what to make of it. He he was he was a, a scholar, a great scholar. He was a, already a geshe. That I means he he studied all the important texts already. And here he came up upon this line. It was supposed to be Buddhism, and he never heard of it before. And it seems to he just couldn't make sense of it, and he, he was very curious about it. And he wanted to know what was the source of this, and did it have any real connection to the teachings of the Buddha? I mean, giving the de- giving the victory and taking on the defeat. How can that? What, what kind of nonsense is this? <laughs> okay. So he searched, and finally he found. Uh, he went. He traveled. But, the, of course, the real author of the eight, point, uh, eight points mind training already died, and he, he encountered one of his disciples. And it was through that, he found that that, yes, it was indeed, it's connected to the, uh, uh, there was a line in Nagarjuna's uh, way where, where Nagarjuna was quoting a sutra that said that, yes, uh, that sort of verified this. So, he be- so that became his... That, that's all he, he focused on for the, rest, for the rest of his life. And after studying this and practicing this, he went on retreat and eventually mastered uh, the, what, is, what, what came to be known as the mind training teachings. He, he started to teach it to uh, lepers because he thought that oh, this would be a great teaching for them so that, too, that they could transform their minds and because the lepers were very grateful and they were very deeply practicing this, they started to actually experience transformations. They were actually getting be, being cured. So this teaching actually, at some point, it came, became it came to be known as the lepers' teachings, the lepers' dharma. Okay. And he saw that these people were be, being benefited from these teachings, and then he was teaching. He was still keeping it uh, somewhat of a a secret teaching. He wasn't teaching it to uh, just anybody in, in public. And eventually, he thought that it was uh, it was like a, a, a disservice to, to humanity that this teaching wasn't readily available for, for everyone because so everyone could be benefited from it. So he's the one who sort of like started to make the teaching available to uh, to everyone. Okay, so it wasn't so much of a secret teaching anymore. Uh, so you sort of like uh, summarize the teaching into seven points. And the seven points, they're really like, uh, uh, not, they don't make sense <laughs> outright. <laughs> it's still somewhat cryptic, OK? Like the first the first of the points is train, first train in the preliminaries without explaining what the preliminaries are. <laughs> and then it goes into the second, prelimin- second point uh, train in the two uh, in the two bodhicittas. Without explaining what the two bodhicittas are, and then the third point, uh, uh, transform ad- adverse con- uh, conditions, and then another point. Uh, uh, what's the other point? Uh, tr- uh, keep the pledges, uh, keep the conviction and the conv- uh, commitments, and then uh, when, and then the point. Uh, how uh, the point of, yes, uh, the, the, how do you say, the degree of knowing that you have mastered the mind training. And then, of course, he has little uh, subsections that explains each point and each subsection doesn't really explain much. <laughs> 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 uh, there are some, uh, since this was well like, more like notes, n- not like uh, Master Chekawa actually wrote these seven points, but he would teach Mind training in several points, seven points, and his students would, uh, sort of took notes, and this became known as a training in seven points. Uh, and not to be confused with another uh, mind training specifically dealing with uh, conventional bodhicitta, which is called seven causes and effects. So there are seven causes, uh, there are seven points that are, that are uh, taught. Where each one is a cause, and the next one is the effect of, of, of that. So seven causes and effect. Okay. Okay. And that mainly teaches how to reach, how to um, basically how to develop a universal sense of compassion, a universal sense of love, where you take upon yourself the responsibility to actually um, bring about the the culmination of great compassion and great and great love. That's the seven points mind training. Seven, so seven, seven, ah, I always get my tongue-tied with this okay. one. Seven causes and effect training, of mind training, okay? okay? And this one is seven points mind training, where in the second point, you're supposed to develop the ultimate view of reality, which is called ultimate bodhicitta, and also, as a sub-part of that, also to develop this universal sense of, of, of uh, compassion and love with a, with a sense of responsibility, which is called conventional bodhicitta. Okay. So so in the second point, you're supposed to develop the bodhicitta in the ultimate form and its uh, conventional form. And the rest of the points are merely ways of, of making sure you don't lose those two points. Okay. So we're going to do in the, I'm not sure we're going to be able to cover this in two classes. <laughs> Even though it's only seven points, uh, the first points alone could take a week. <laughs> the preliminaries. The preliminaries. I'll go back to. Uh, I'll go back to that. But and we we'll talk a little bit about the, the seven points altogether. Uh, so, within the Tibetan Buddhist uh, form of. Uh, I'm asking me in Tibetan Buddhism, because I'm not sure how it is in other Mahayana uh, traditions. But definitely within the Tibetan tradition, there are mainly two methods of developing what is called conventional bodhicitta. That is developing a, a sense of concern, where you take upon yourself the responsibility to bring about happiness and to, bring, to take away uh, uh, a suffering of all beings, not just your parents, not just your family, not just those you benefit you, but everyone, everywhere, okay. And to have that kind of attitude whenever you encounter a sentient being. So there are two main methods of developing that kind of attitude, and it's one is I mentioned the seven cause effect, seven seven causes and effect method, and there's the other one called exchanging self with others. When um, the seven points training, Mind training is, is being taught. The exchange is main. The, the method of, of exchanging stuff with others is mainly emphasized as the method for for the developing the conventional aspect of bodhicitta. But when you read the the verses that sort of uh, give hints at what you're supposed to be doing, it gives hints to both. In one of uh, in in the, in the the hints about how to develop conventional bodhicitta. And in one place, it says, definitely, of course, uh, train in the two methods of giving and taking. And that's the part that has to do with the method of exchanging self with others. And this method is is, is considered to be a method for those who are supposed to be more analytical. And those who are, uh, uh, it's a way of actually sort of taking the habit of selfish attitude and turning it upon itself. Okay? But you're not so you're not losing the ad, you're not losing the momentum of selfishness, but you're actually keeping it but you are you reversing it. That's that's the exchanging self. That's what's called exchanging self and other. So you, you continue to think of the self as the most important but you exchange as to who is the self and who is other. And that's a method that's considered to be uh, for more people who are a bit more advanced. And the other method, the seven cause and effect, is a method where you you train your mind to sort of begin to consider everyone that you encounter in a particular way as a way that you naturally cherish, cherish them. Think of someone in your life that you all naturally cherish, and you train your mind to view everyone that you encounter to be equal to that person. And then what naturally follows from that. Okay? And that's the method that is mostly trained, that mostly thought about. And this method, you find it in the seven points of mind training, where in the line where it says, uh, do, uh, remember the kindness of all beings. Because in one of the uh, points of seven causa and seven cause effect method, you're supposed to consider the kindness of this person that's been so kind to you. And then Think of everyone as being that person. Okay. So both methods can be said to be in in there, but but uh, in uh, traditionally in teaching this seven calls, seven points mind training, I'm going to be mic- mixing up seven cores and seven points. In <laughs> traditionally, it is the exchange method that is taught when conventional bodhicitta is, is, is explained. Okay. But there is uh, another method. Mainly in the Jason Kappa's lineage, where both methods are sort of like merged into one method. And it's called the 11 point <laughs> method, <laughs> method of developing <the laughs> <laughs> Boyd where you take the seven points and you take the po- the, the different points of uh, seven, mi- what, seven? And seven causes of se- it. And w- w- minus And the 11, uh, so seven, 11, seven take away 11. I mean, 11 take away seven, you have four. Four okay, so we take four points. Four points from the if you're confused, that's okay. <laughs> With all these numbers, seven points, eleven points. No, I'm saying eleven points, so four points. You take so you take the points from the the training where you develop bodhicitta by considering someone that you already that is already dear to you, outside of you that is dear to you. And you take that as the means, and that has seven points in it. And the other one is exchanging yourself with other, where you take selfishness itself, and you take the momentum that is within selfishness, and you make it into a way of developing bodhicitta. Okay. And that has mainly four points in it. And merging it together, with, uh, with together, and it becomes eleven points. Okay. That's within the Jason Kappa Jisungkapa did that. Okay. So. One method uh, is the traditional method of teaching this is the exchanging method, teaching through the exchange method. Another method, another tradition is to teach both of them. To, or there's this method of developing bodhicitta conventionally, and also that method of developing bodhicitta conventionally. And then there's, of course, the third method, sort of blending them together as one method. Okay. All right. So that's taking care of that. So that, <laughs> Let me confuse you some more. <laughs> All right, let's go now to the preliminaries. The, the preliminaries—that that is, what condition must you set in motion so that you can actually develop ultimate bodhicitta and conventional bodhicitta? Okay, and basically, it has to do with gathering merit and purifying. And how do you gather merit? And how do you purify? And that will take a, a, long, a, long, uh, a long teaching, okay? So we're not going to go too much into details, okay? So gathering merit is basically uh, towards an object of devotion, an object that you revere. You, you, you consciously act towards that object, okay? And when it comes to uh, uh, purifying yourself, the object here is an object with whom that you have faulted. And then you correct that fault. Okay. So it's uh, another way of, of of presenting the purification part is uh, atonement, so to speak, seeking atonement. So you look at you look at your, your life, the things that you've done that you regret, and you do something to correct this to make a correction. Okay. And then you do it in such a way that you prevent yourself from repeating it in the future. So you have to you have to take some time to to really see that how this is really how is it truly regrettable. If it's truly regrettable, then why you should not do it in the future. Who is affected by it? Who was affected by it? Okay. And with the, uh, merit, is you know, gathering positive sort of positive energy doing things guided by right motivation, by right action, and especially towards an object, either directly, an object that you revere, or in your mind an object that you revere. Okay? And it doesn't have necessarily have to be a person, it could be just an ideal. For example, in in the in the verses about the, the seven points of my training, the object that is revered is compassion. It begins by I I I pay homage to great compassion. Usually, I pay homage to Buddhas, I pay homage to the Manjushri, I pay homage to uh, the Buddha and the Bodhisattvas and things like that. But here, or some uh, here, since this is, even though this is talking about the, both ultimate reality and conventional reality, it begins by paying homage to great compassion. And in, uh, interestingly enough, uh, one of the Great um, textbook in the Gelugpa monastery that that teaches the uh, what is called Madhyamika, the 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 middle view, which is considered to be the most sophisticated view of reality. That text, in its beginning, also does the same homage. I bow to great compassion. Okay, because because if it wasn't for great compassion, there wouldn't be Bodhisattvas. If it wasn't for Bodhisattvas, there wouldn't be Buddhas. And if it wasn't for Buddhas, there wouldn't be the path. So because of great compassion that all this came about. So that's why it bows to great compassion. So the preliminaries is basically, that's the main thing about the preliminaries. So whatever ways your mind can concoct, okay, how do I purify? How do I collect merit? You have to consciously and deliberately do these things. uh, in much more detail, they talk about the, the uh, uh, you probably have heard of those, what you call the mundro, preliminaries. Some people engage in those things before they engage in the practices. And the reason for doing that, you do want to jump into the teaching, the, 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 the teachings that, di- that deals directly with how do you see the true nature of reality, reality directly. How do you develop a, a way of embracing all beings fearlessly with great compassion, with great love? How do you do that? And then, if you actually begin those those, those pra- practices, and then you didn't have the preliminaries in, in in set up in already, doubts will come in. And how do will you deal with those doubts when they come in? If you don't have the preliminaries set in, then the doubts will overcome you, and then you will you will fail in your practice. Okay, even though you may have uh, made great uh, advance. Eventually, the doubts that were lurking in your mind that you didn't deal with and from the beginning, they will come and they will uh, uh, they will destroy you. They will they will stop your your practice. Okay. Uh, I have to talk a little bit more about the preliminaries. <laughs> Among the preliminaries is uh, you have dharjo, uh, Nyeka, dharjo Neka mitak andre. Okay, These these main five main preliminaries, and they are all involved in basic what I just said. Those two things: purifying your mind, purifying your uh, your, your mind, and then collecting merit. Am I, if I'm if I'm giving you too much information, ask me to stop, <laughs> so you can take a break or something. All right, or ask questions. All right, you can you can throw questions. Right. Uh, so what I just said in Tibetan just that's just a way for me to remember. <laughs> okay? Verjo Neka Is to basically look at your life and really appreciate it. And appreciate it because as you are taking definite steps along the path, conscious steps along the path, you will encounter things that will be difficult. And if you don't have this joy that is developed by taking into, into account how precious your life is, how uh, uh, fortunate you are, whoever you are, okay, how fortunate you are. And having developed this, you develop a, 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 a sort of centeredness, a sort of joy that will be like your fuel that will carry you along the path. When those difficult moments come, that joy will be able to carry you, will sustain you. okay. That's why, from the uh, from the very beginning of the path, you have to develop joy, okay? And then, considering your life, considering how precious it is, considering how fortunate you are, and uh, you know, we're not going into the details uh, that are given, but just take just take into account your your weaknesses and your uh, strength, and then about your weaknesses, consider that they can be removed. Consider your strength that you can add to them and you can augment them. Okay, you have to really consider that and develop a sense of joy from doing that. That's del joy neka. Okay, the neka part is to understand that it's not easy to come by. That's why it is so precious. Okay, and you have to consider, take take even things that are, may be selfish. Okay, uh, things that may seem to, may seem I have to say. Okay, may seem. At first, to sort of like distance you from others, okay? Because when you look at your condition, you look at someone else's condition, you might consider I am fortunate when compared to that person, okay? But not to the degree to make to to, to make you develop a sense of pride because of that. But to consider that now you have something. It's like uh, if you have strength and someone has weakness, you are able to help this person who's weak. And not just for you to say, oh, you're weak, I'm strong, I can beat you up. <laughs> not, 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 not in that sense, in that sense okay? <laughs> right, that's, that, and even a joy because of that, all right? So that's <laughs> el joy mitak len mitak, mitak. Mitak is just the condition of things. This beautiful, wonderful, precious condition that you have you can lose it. Okay? So you have to be careful with it. Okay? Because it's just the nature of things, the nature of everything that you have encountered, the nature of thoughts, the nature of the body, and the nature of the world that we live in, it changes constantly. Sometimes, if we're lucky, it changes to a condition that we like. But most of the time, unfortunately, it changes to a condition that we don't like. It's just the nature of things. Okay, and we have to be adult about it, and just accept and just see it for what it is. And when you know it, see it for what it is, then you can act skillfully in the world, rather than uh, you know, uh, throwing a tantrum about how you want it to be. And how, because it is not that way, because wasting your time throwing a tantrum is not going to make a change. It's going to continue to change while you're throwing your tantrum. And while you could have skillfully uh, navigate yourself so that you can avoid some of the unwanted stuff, the yeah. unwanted stuff instead you get an avalanche of them while you're in your corner throwing attention. Okay, <laughs> so that's how the world is. Okay, most of the time it's awful, <laughs> and some of the, some of the times it's nice. Okay, that's how it is. <laughs> so that's that's the that's that's the uh, the third. That's the uh, that's the next one. The me talk, okay? And it has to do so after you develop joy and you center yourself and you just be grown up about it, about the world, okay? <laughs> when things don't happen the way you you want them to happen, guess what? It's, you didn't discover something new. It's, that's how the world is, okay? Don't throw attention, okay? <laughs> So that's, that's this one. That's All these are preliminaries. <laughs> landre. Landry is to understand what, instead of, instead of uh, whimpering in a corner, throwing a tantrum about, no, you didn't get what you want, the world is not the way you want it to be. Instead, Landre says, things comes from things, okay? Things are, what you're experiencing are results that have causes. And if you want something, what you're aspiring is is a result, then all you have to do, since it is a result, it will have a cause. Then just put the cause in place. And then definitely, you will have your result. And you can even consider the awful conditions that you're in. This is a result. I am powerful. Look how powerful I am. Look at this mess I'm experiencing, force myself to experience. (laughs) It's because, I'm so powerful in, in setting the causes correctly, even though I didn't want the result, I still got the result. <laughs> okay. So I'm a powerful being. <laughs> I'm, forci- I'm, I'm forcing myself to experience things, even though, I, even though I don't want to experience them. Okay, So I can actually create the causes so that one day, I can have results that are so wonderful, even if I don't want it, I'm forced to experience it. <laughs> I can have a blissful experience. And I say, oh, I don't think I want bliss tonight. <laughs> oh, man, look at this. I'm still experiencing bliss. <laughs> you're forced to experience the bliss, okay? So that's, that's, that's because that's the nature of things, okay? Things that you're experiencing are results. If it's an unwanted result, you just know that, oh, I have to stay away from the causes that brought this about. And if there are results that you want that you don't have yet, I have to put the causes into in place, so I can have the result. Because that's how things that's how things are. There is nothing that is a result that does not come from a cause, and there is not a cause that will not bring about a re- its result with the, when the, when the conditions are there. Okay. So when the conditions are there is is uh, is a safety net. Okay? if you can somehow see in the future sometimes you can sort of sense something is about to come in the future right but it's not yet in it's not there not that not not yet here all right and it's something that you don't want okay so you can sort of manipulate causes and conditions so that you don't eventually experience it you can do that if you become sensitive enough okay you can become sensitive to things that are coming Okay, question. Isn't that a little dangerous? Huh? Isn't that a little dangerous? Uh, Not really. Uh, You're thinking... What example are you thinking about that makes you say that? I just think it can lead to really being attached to specific results. Yeah, give me an example. Give me a specific example. I have to think for a second. Um, You're thinking like... uh, uh, I would say you said the word attachment so immediately in my mind think of something like someone becomes uh, what's it called that word addicted to some addicted to some I don't know some, to some habit that is destructive yes. and they become addicted because there's a result that that they want and they have the causes that they can put the causes together to get the result now you have to ask yourself <laughs> are they really getting the result that they want when you're addicted to something, is a result something that you really want, right? So, the, the you can say the pleasure that the person seeks through what through whatever that uh, addiction is, there's nothing wrong with that wanting that pleasure. Now you want you see that wait a minute, I got the pleasure, but it was mixed with all this stuff, okay? Uh, I'll, I'll give an extreme example because it's just the thing that came to my mind. Because of that TV show <laughs> that somebody forced me to watch. <laughs> I was a colleague and it was about this professor who lost his job and he became a drug dealer. Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad. Leon got me into watching that. <laughs> Kept him, That's not a great show. You got to watch it. For a year he kept saying that, and eventually I said, let me check this out. And then I got hooked. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, not because of the show, but because of a documentary that was that was uh, made because of the substance. That, what was it doing? Amphetamine? What's it called? Uh, methamphetamine? It? No. Methamphetamine? Crystal math. Crystal math. Crystal math, yeah. Okay. So there was a documentary made about people who are addicted to that. And these are a lot of people who end up in prison. Here, here, here they are, right? They're after the happiness that they think is in the, is in that. And yet, the method that takes them there brings them all these other things. And what are these other things? They become uh, skinny. They lose their teeth. They lose their hair. They become, and they have all these things, you know, popping up all over their faces and, and skin. And then uh, a lot of them, they, they uh, become uh, senile, they become, they, so it affects them, it destroys the body, it destroys the mind. And eventually, uh, what they keep chasing, they can never have. It's like, uh, maybe I don't know how long, uh, after how many times, the, the happiness that they seem to have had before, it keeps eluding them, but the destruction keeps, keeps piling up. So. The person thought this happiness was bought by this this substance, by ingesting this substance. If this was the true cause of it, of course, if you keep ingesting it, you'll be happier and happier and happier. But that's not the case. right? Instead, something else is happening. So that means this is the cause of something else. And they were uh, deluded. But the results that you're aspiring after, you're being skillful about what is the true cause of that? And then you engage yourself in it. And you mentioned specifically uh, the danger when I mentioned you could come, you could sort of uh, somewhat have a premonition about oh, something is looming in the future. It's bad, and I can sort of manipulate causes and conditions so I don't experience it. And again, you're becoming skillful. If you become aware, somewhat, of this this thing looming in the the future, you can also, you also become aware of the things that is sort of acting as a magnet that is bringing it about. So you want to stay away from those things eventually. Okay. So I guess it has to do with real results and the true cause to those results. Okay. So that's Lente. Uh, I have to go, I have to uh, (laughs) go. Is it basically, does that translate to karma? Uh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the word for it. uh Okay. Corwinimik. Uh I'm not gonna translate exactly what it means because it's it's not sexy. <laughs> Basically it's look at look at your world. And don't be, uh, what's that? Uh, uh, hmm. Look at the world realistically. Don't look at the world with super-imposed, sort of like a, what's called that? Uh, in, uh, an unrealistic way, uh, uh, A way. It's sort of like a, you have this dream-like, heaven-like view of what the world is supposed to be, right? And yet, your experience of the world is not like that. And you keep denying the way the world is. The world is neither awful nor is it heavenly, OK? It is what it is according to what you're experiencing at the time. If you're experiencing something awful at the time, then you can say the world is awful. If you're experiencing something blissful at the time, you can say the world is blissful. But there isn't a blissful world, nor is there an awful world. Okay? And you have and what you have, look at it realistically. Okay? And look at. And the teaching usually says, (laughs) usually emphasizes the bad stuff. Okay? (laughs) I'm not going to emphasize the bad stuff. Okay? Usually. But you have to look at the world realistically. Okay? There are these things that you enjoy going to the beach sometimes. Okay, it depends, right? (laughs) Sometimes it's blistering hot, you get a sunburn. (laughs) Some smart addict kid throws sand on you or something. Okay. (laughs) So sometimes the beach is nice. Okay? But I'm not denying that. But don't deny sometimes It's blistering hot. You get sun. T- you get you get sunburn also, okay. <laughs> and so that's sometimes nice and sometimes bad, okay. And I guess I sort of mention that. But since you are the 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 uh, the thrust of the teaching is to get you to get out of this way of existing, so it talks mainly about how bad it is, mm-hmm. okay. How bad it is, no matter where you are, okay. It's it's like uh, uh, someone whose ultimate aspiration is to move from one neighborhood to a next neighborhood, somehow because this person thinking thinks that this neighborhood that I'm aspiring to move to will always be this great neighborhood. <laughs> we all know if you lived <laughs> in Manhattan long enough, <laughs> right? Uh, I mean, there are neighborhoods that were wonderful that became don't don't get caught. Dead there, and the neighborhoods that don't get caught there, don't get caught dead there. <laughs> now you can even afford to live there, okay? So, making your ultimate aspiration something, some places here, is foolish. So you're told the emphasis is on it's all bad. It's all bad, not necessarily because everyone is suffering there, you know, everyone is, you know, has diseases there, everywhere. It's just that. <laughs> You can't rely on it. You can't rely on anything here. Okay, but there is something that you can aspire to, that you can actually rely on, that will actually satisfy you, 100%. Okay, but it's beyond this world. Okay, so first, look at the world for what it is, and don't look at it with that that kind of person who says, no, what you call that? It's like a childish way of looking at the world, thinking everything is always, thinking everything is nice. Okay even when things are not nice at the moment, okay? And deal with it as it is, and keep your aspirations. Okay, now, yes? Are we basically talking about, like, suchness, emptiness? Yeah, eventually. Uh, it is because the, the, way the, the way reality is, this nature is suchness. That's why the, the, the world is experienced as it is experienced. Okay? It is not definitely this. It's not definitely definitely that. Okay. All right. So that's the preliminaries. That's the first point. <laughs> Second point, which is we are going to mainly uh, focus on. What, how much time do I have? Half an hour? Take your time. OK. I'll take my time. <laughs> I usually do anyway. <laughs> Let me have a little. I'm doing it again (laughs) this year. (laughs) Doing what again? Hmm? What are you doing again? Fasting. (laughs) Oh. So it's after sundown. Appropriate, and then it's after sundown? Yes. So. You want to take a break a little bit? Maybe that's stretch your legs, stretch your knees, you and say, "Hmm, what are you always talking about?" <laughs> Run to the bathroom. <laughs> how long?